Harvest Australia Church podcast. We're so glad you're listening today. We pray this blesses you and encourages you. And if you want to get in touch with us or find out more about our ministry, please check out our website or social media. We pray you have a great day. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, Jesus teaching the famous Sermon on the Mount, and he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they'll be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they'll receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they'll see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed when, you, when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Little precursor, nothing to do with what I want to preach on today, but I've got to say it. A great, uh, you know, in today's day and age, especially with schooling and, and, and in church life, there's a lot of legal stuff going on, you know, people trying to put laws on churches to stifle them and freedom of speech and all this sort of stuff. And I heard someone say, actually this week, and it just made me think, yeah, that's true, that's actually biblical, is we can spend a whole lot of time trying to say the right thing or not say the wrong thing more so uh, to offend anyone. And so we, we're so careful of that, and I think there's a good element to that there's a healthy element but if we become so focused on that of not offending anyone and not saying stuff we actually forget that we're losing a blessing because the Bible says we're blessed when people persecute us so of course the LGBT movement is not going to like Christianity but we're blessed when we're persecuted by them. And I just honour today Lyle Shelton from ACL, Australian Christian Lobby. What a man of God, standing strong for, for the gospel. And, for, and I've met him and spent time with him, and he's a godly man. And if you're not supporting them, support ACL, Australian Christian Lobby. Get online, sign their petitions, because those guys are really doing some stuff. And they're actually, they're not weird. They're, they're normal people, and you can get behind them, and you can be proud to be with them, because they speak with articulation and I really really back him as you can tell so but one of the things that that I've realized in talking to Lyle and other people like that is that actually persecution is going to be part of a believer's life if we're actually standing for the truth so we don't need to be scared of that what we do is we try to learn wisdom and we try to operate in a wise way. But the truth is it's going to probably come at certain times in our life. We don't look for it. We don't purposely make it happen. I mean, there's not a person in the room who likes persecution. I hate persecution. I hate it. It's not nice when people are against you. But the Bible says you're blessed when it happens to you. So if you've ever felt persecuted, you're blessed. You're blessed. And when we look at it that way, we actually say, hang on, this is a little bit, a little micro, micro Jesus anointing. A little micro Jesus anointing because blessed are you when they persecute you because of me, because they did it to him. 
And so this is part of being a believer and part of evidencing him. And to be honest, it's probably a good lead into living at a higher level is being able to handle persecution. We don't have to fire back everything. We don't have to Facebook argue every point. Sometimes we can. But, you know, other times, uh, and I want to I talk about one of my favorite things. Ryan knows this. I quote it all the time. I want to talk today about how we can handle ourselves at a higher level. And I'm going to let you in on a secret today, okay? It's one of my little things that I use when, when either persecution or... Do you, do you want to hear it or should I use that for the next congregation this afternoon? Who are amped. They're ready to go. They're cheering me on already. <laughs> All right, Jesus, let's, let's get on track here this morning. You know, I just on that, uh, I, you know, pray for the persecuted church. Pray, you know, I, I read about the, the Copts, the Coptic Christians in Egypt, how so many of them were, uh, the, the men were beheaded and, uh, you know, just a whole, a whole group, as, as you would have seen on the news, were, um, were martyred for standing up for Jesus. And then I read the article about a whole lot of the widows and the family members that are left who are preaching forgiveness on the, on the ISIS and on the Islamic militants. And I mean, seriously, I'm reading it going, wow, that's full on. That's the kingdom right there. Here we are getting worried about, you know, a little group who stirs up, you know, some stuff and has agendas. I mean, I'm telling you, it's powerful stuff, isn't it? When we learn to operate in that kind of realm. And persecution brings to the surface what's really in there, doesn't it? How we handle ourselves in that kind of situation. And I think that's why Jesus started with that, with this great sermon that we all know so well. He starts off with blessed are you when you really evidence the kingdom of God in those tough times, those deep times. Not when everyone's cheering you on, but when the rubber hits the road, when there's challenges, when you need to dig into him. Blessed are you when you pursue him and pursue the deeper things of the kingdom. And it's a, it's a real challenge for us. Um, and so I, I believe that walking in a higher level is, is both a spiritual thing and a natural thing. We talk a lot about spiritual things. That's what church is. That's our core business, uh, spiritual things. But when we operate in the spiritual realm and our natural realm at a higher level, like Karen's seminar yesterday, even learning to look after our temple and learn to actually walk in a godly way toward our bodies and toward our health. It's actually honouring what God's put in us. And there's a little minor way. Other ways we, we can do it is the way we speak, the way we act, the way, the, what we filter into our lives. And, and at that level, but I want to talk today about three very... Pro- I've given them um, car names, would you believe it? Car names. I know I'm not a car enthusiast, but sometimes you just need something to remember, and I think you're going to remember this one, okay? Three car brands or, or names or makes of car that are going to help you remember what anointing am I walking in, Okay. And so the first one is, is a phenomenal anointing. Now, remember this one, okay? It's what I try and do. I don't always make it, but it's the Rolls-Royce anointing. You want to be a Rolls-Royce, don't you? I think they've got like, I don't know, 17 coats of paint on them, and they're just, they're just decked out in leather, and they've got seat warmers. Don't you love seat warmers? European cars, they all have seat warmers. Whenever we hire them when we're overseas, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is heaven. And um, that, that's the Rolls-Royce anointing. You don't even hear the engine. 
but it's cranking. I mean, that thing can go 250 k's on the German, you know, superway. Not that we've done it, but I've been in a car when someone has been doing that. And I mean, they just they just cruise these things and they bypass everything, and you don't even know they're operating. That's the Rolls-Royce anointing. That's what we want to carry as believers, the Rolls-Royce anointing. We don't have to backfire at every little thing that's fired at us because we know what we're carrying. We know we're big and we've got plenty of kingdom weight behind us. We've got seat warmers. Come on, seat warmers. That's probably going to be the next thing in church to get people to church is seat warmers. Gold class church. Maybe we should start a new denomination, a new movement. Gold class church. Cup holders, cup holders, seat warmers. Man, this place will be packed out. <laughs> Write that one down, Ryan. That's, that's the best response in weeks. We need, we need to go for it. <laughs> the Rolls Royce anointing. Let me give you... Three examples of biblical characters, just so you know, I'm on track this morning, who had the Rolls-Royce anointing. Daniel had the Rolls-Royce anointing, didn't he? He knew who he was and he knew who his father was. And so he knew he didn't have to prove anything to anyone else. He was a son of the Most High God and he carried himself like a Rolls Royce. Whether he's in the lion's den or whether he's before the king, he was a Rolls Royce. He didn't need to defend himself or argue or anything like because he knew what was in his engine. He knew what was in there. He had wisdom and inspiration, and he knew the value. A Rolls-Royce driver knows the value of that thing. I mean, seriously, quarter of a million dollars. It's, it's like the ultimate uh, prize, and we have the Rolls-Royce anointing freely available, every single one of us. We don't have to worry if other people are being promoted because we're in a Rolls-Royce. You don't have to, you know, if someone drives up in a brand new, you know, Whatever car, you don't have to worry. You're cruising along in your Rolls Royce. And you know at any moment, you put your foot down, you're going way ahead. And people won't even hear it. And the cops probably won't pull you over because they're admiring your car. (laughs) I'm telling you, the Rolls Royce anointing will put you in places that you don't even deserve. Because you carry yourself like a king. You carry yourself like royalty. You can operate in a different realm. And you don't have to worry about little squabbles. You don't have to worry about little issues because you're already up here. You're living at a higher level. And let me tell you the second anointing. It's not a bad one, but it's not as good as the Rolls Royce. It's called the Ferrari anointing. The Ferrari anointing. Now, Ferraris are good cars, but you don't want to be in them for too long. You know, the seats are sporty and they, they hug you and you can't even get out of them if you've got ish, back issues or whatever else. So you're, you're speeding past the Rolls-Royce driver, but you're looking at how comfortable they are and you're going, I wish I was comfortable in that thing and I could even get out of this. But Ferrari goes so fast. It's like a, a newborn believer or someone who's just been filled with the Spirit. They got the Ferrari anointing. We're going to take the region for Jesus. We're going to preach. Why aren't you out preaching? You should be out preaching. You, you, you feel bad being around. Ferraris because they want to make everyone into a Ferrari but they're already Rolls Royces and you're trying to zip around them and work your way around them and create them into a Ferrari but we're not all meant to be Ferraris and maybe we're not all meant to be Rolls Royces either but I just like it here's an example of a here's an example of a Rolls Royce person Bill Johnson he's he's a Rolls Royce 
You know, he's got so many different things. He's got people all over the world writing blogs and websites and little blips and blops about him and about Bethel Church. And, you know, you hear people saying, oh, Bethel Church, I'm not sure. What about what God's doing? Rah, rah, rah. They've got all these little issues. And Bill's just cruising. He's on cruise control. He's not fighting them from the pulpit. He's not worried about what they're doing. The fruit speaks so loud out of the Rolls Royce. And it's a good thing. You want to be around Rolls Royce. Hey, you want to be around Ferraris for a while. But the noise gets to you after a while. It's just like, you know. But Ferraris are good. We need them in the body of Christ. It's that evangelist, that prophetic. But Ferraris can also be Rolls Royces and learn to operate in that realm. So then we carry ourselves. And then the time when we need to let the Ferrari out the garage, it comes out. And it's like, yeah, let's do this thing. Let's accomplish this thing. And so um, I love Ferraris. I love them. I want to tell you a story. When we had our uh, pipe company... We were getting bigger and bigger and bigger and the guys in the factory would come to me on a daily basis and ask for a new piece of equipment. And this happened on a particular week. We won a big job. We had big pipes and, and um, we, our machines couldn't carry them. They were so big and heavy, three metre diameter, 18 metres long in one pipe, very big and heavy. And so they're coming to me saying, we can't carry the pipes, you won the job, thank you, but we can't even make them or carry them. And so I said, okay, go and find a machine that will be able to lift these things. They came back to me and they came back to me with a proposal and they said, well, we've got a machine and it's, it's going to be $350,000 and it's red and it comes from Europe. And I thought, they're going to buy me a Ferrari. That's awesome. That's really, really good. But it's called a Manitou and it's a forklift. How boring is that? Anyway, so we, we, that was my version. But ultimately, there's, there's a little bit of Ferrari in all of us. But when we learn to operate in the anointings at the right time, in the right perspective, the Rolls Royce surpasses all of them, I think, because the, it can handle the Ferrari and it knows when to let the Ferrari out. But, but when we actually live at a higher level, we can operate from kingdom, from king mentality, from royal mentality, and then we can diffuse things. Solomon had it. I mean, it was just phenomenal. Esther had the Rolls-Royce anointing. Joseph had the Rolls-Royce anointing later in life, but he began with the Ferrari anointing. And the Ferrari wants to go and tell everyone, I had this revelation. I had this revelation. And, you know, you should be bowing down to me and et cetera, et cetera. But then later in life, he gets promoted and promoted into the Rolls Royce anointing. The last one is, is one that none of us want to be, and it's not age related, okay? It can be young, it can be old, it doesn't matter. It's called the clunker anointing. <laughs> the clunker. You know, John Howard, I think it was, brought out the cash for clunkers, and we got all the clunkers off the road, all those old Holdens that had rust. You never see them anymore. Holdens with the big rust holes like that in them, taped up with masking tape and stuff like that. Clunkers, cars that are just should never you know, be on the road 10 years ago. They're still going somehow. They're still going on the road. They haven't adapted. They haven't been maintained. They haven't kept fresh. This is what a Christian clunker is. It's someone who will not change. 
will not go with the times, will not maintain their own spiritual life. And maybe they'll put masking tape on, but no one likes the look of it anyway. And it's that clunker. It's the clunker. And this is what you can see this. And in fact, I read an article by Tim Keller this week, who's a, he's a Bible teacher, well-known Bible teacher around the world. And he wrote an article on why new church plants are needed all over in the Western world. And he wrote the article saying, you might think there's already enough churches and church plants going on. But what he then made the point is, and he's an evangelical, right? He made the point saying that new church plants keep older churches young by keeping them on their toes. In the sense of when there's a new church plant down the road and there's, you know, 50 people going, they haven't got all the same trappings that a mainstream denominational church might have. And they might even be evangelical conservative. It doesn't matter. And there's a movement of that all around the world right now. Conservative evangelicals doing church plants. And... And what they're doing is they're basically going in, they believe in the gospel, they believe in this stuff, but they haven't got all the big trappings of modern uh, denominationalized churches and, and perhaps a lot of the religious routine. And so there's a real excitement about church planning and, you know, it's almost like the New Testament. Wow, we can actually do this. We don't have to have all that the, the traditional stuff, and there's nothing wrong with the traditional stuff, but we've got to listen to what God's doing all around the world. Otherwise, we'll become a clunker. And R.T. Kendall, a great charismatic Bible teacher, teaches uh, in his book called The Anointing. I plug it a lot because it's a great book, and I'll probably read it when I'm 85 just to make sure I'm not a clunker. But I, I, I read this book, and I thought, that's so true. He talks about today's man, yesterday's man, and tomorrow's man. And, and, and it's, you know, you, you could almost put an anointing on those things. But today's man knows where he or she is. It's, a, it's, an, it's an ideology, right? But yesterday man is a clunker because, because he or she won't look and say, okay, maybe I need to let go of some of my things as long as the gospel is being preached. Even Paul said that. As long as the gospel is being preached, the motives might even be wrong, but the gospel's being preached. And when we can do that, when we can even do that to other movements, see, whole movements can become clunker movements. We thought they were church movements, but they were cl they're clunker movements. And there's a lot of mainstream, even uh, mainstream, strong, conservative uh, denominations. Now, you, you look at their statistics, they're dying out. They're just dying out because they're, and I love a lot of them and they preach the gospel, but they haven't maintained their spirit. They become a bit of a clunker. And I don't say that to put them down. What I'm saying is we, even of ourselves, have to stay fresh, stay maintained, stay healthy so that we don't turn. I can have clunkerism sometimes in my own head, you know, and uh, it's funny. My dad's speaking here on Monday nights and, you know, he makes jokey lights about all the disco lights and things like that. And, and it's, it's a joke. But, you know, there's generational things that even I have to go, hey, we, we have to go with that. I'm not talking about biblical compromise. I'm talking about just normal routine things that we may or may not be comfortable with, but adapting to the culture so that we actually speak the language, so that we actually don't just drive in in our clunker with all our baggage and our, you know, our tail wobbling away and our boot flapping open and all all this sort of stuff, but we actually just roll in like a Rolls Royce. You know, Rolls Royce are like ageless, aren't they? Ageless vehicles. And they just keep going. They can stay healthy and they can stay relevant no matter what season and what environment. And that's what we want to be. I want to summarize it by giving 
Some of you would have read Stephen Covey's business books or management books, Seven, um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and other, other books like this, and he's written some great management stuff. Well, I'm going to give you some stuff this morning. I've written Seven Habits of Powerful Christians, people who live up here at a higher level. The first one is they always are prayers and worshippers. They're the people who have set time per day, per week that they pray and worship Jesus. If we don't have that, we will not be a powerful Christian. Christian, It's just a fact of life. We can't fake it for too long. We turn into a clunker very quickly. And other people might not notice it, but we will notice it and he notices it. And that's what really matters, doesn't it? Ephesians 6.18 says, pray at all times. Pray at all times. And this is how we stay in that Rolls-Royce anointing, in that good anointing, staying fresh because we're praying at all times. We've got a daily routine. We've got a weekly routine. We've got a regular routine where we're spending time with Him. If you're wondering why your prayers aren't answered or, or why things aren't happening or why there's been years and years and years of this sort of stuff, start setting a calendar of prayer. Do whatever you need. Get a a devotional on your iPad or phone or whatever methods you need to help you get in that place, do it. There's no wrong way to do this, right? And the second one is gathering. Of Hebrews chapter 10, 25 says, Do not give up meeting together. Powerful Christians always have a regular meeting point with other believers. It's just a fact of life. We need each other. Sometimes we don't even like each other, but we need each other. We need each other. We are the body of Christ. And so we need to hang out together. We need to learn from one another. We need to love one another. And and I believe there's a blessing uh, that comes on powerful Christians when we learn to regularly meet together because we do stuff together and we grow together. And funnily enough, the Lord just blesses this kind of gathering, doesn't he? The third thing is generosity. Luke 6.38 says, Give and it will come back to you. Press down, shaken together, running over. And this, is just, this has been a mantra of our lives for about 20 years now. We've made sure we're always giving, always giving. And this is a key habit of so many successful people, Christian and non-Christian, right around the world of almost any religion you can look at. There's always an element of generosity, of giving away, sowing and reaping. And this is an important part of powerful Christians. The fourth one is evangelism. Of course, the Great Commission is the great, the great release of evangelism to the ends of the earth. Matthew 28, evangelism. Or if it's not, if evangelism isn't your first thing, it's sharing what you have with others. It's becoming an exporter, not just always receiving and importing, but becoming an exporter of what God has put in you, giving it away, giving it away and giving it. uh, Some people might not be good talking to other people, but you can sure bake in a phenomenal cake or whatever it might be. That's evangelism. That's giving it away. And so this, this is a key habit of powerful Christians. They've got, it's like an inherent DNA in powerful Christians. They just want to give stuff away. They want to go and help people. They want to share. They want to pray for people. They want to be praying. And these are just DNA traits of powerful people. The fifth one is they are sponges. And you might think that is a weird one to put in your book. But I'm telling you, every single powerful Christian that I know is a sponge. 
They're a lifelong learner. They always want to learn stuff. They want to read stuff. They want to look at the internet, see what God's doing around the world, listen to podcasts. They want to know what God's doing because they want to see His prophetic heartbeat upon the earth today. What are you doing, Lord? What are you saying to leaders? What are you doing around the world? Where's the fruit? What's successful? What's current? What's, what's, what are you saying? What are you doing? What are you breathing on? And that's where they want to be because they want to be where His anointing is. And so sponges actually learn to soak in from other leaders. And this is something I've spoken on it before, but Karen and I, we just do it all the time. And I don't, it's not even bragging. It's just saying the truth. We are sponges. We are sponges. We, we get with any leader we possibly can, someone who's doing something bigger and better and bolder than we are. And we do it as regularly as we, as we can. We're doing this actually for our, talking about Southern Vales, we're, we're getting a couple of great leaders from Brisbane, from Nexus Church, uh, uh, Murray Avril, he's senior pastor of Nexus Church, and he's bringing along his general manager. Uh, and they have a Christian school like we do, same relationship. And, um, and, uh, we, and the school is uh, Northside Christian College, I think, yeah. Um, so we've invited them to come down and we are going to sponge off them for two days. I didn't write that in the consultancy letter, but that's what's behind it is, dude, we're going to sponge. And we just do it all the time. We, Peter McHugh, I've asked him to come over and just consult for this house, just to spend two days with Karen and I, with our board, and just looking over the church, looking over what we do. And it's just two days of sponging. And we do it with other leaders. And I highly recommend it. Be a sponge. Soak in all the goodness you possibly can. Get around healthy people. Get around people who are sponges too. Because you, you begin talking to them, it's like, wow, I want some of that stuff. I want some of that stuff. The sponge anointing is a powerful anointing. I know I'm turning everything into an anointing today. But hey, I got the microphone. Let me, let me do my thing, right? <laughs> Number six, we've got to just, 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 just do something here. Consistency. This is the boring one. Consistency. The whole room just went silent. <laughs> A hush fell over the room. Consistency. Doing, just, just doing the stuff. Doing the stuff. Romans chapter 5 is your breakthrough verse if you hate consistency. Sufferings, perseverance, develops character, releases hope. If you need hope on your situation, then read Romans chapter 5. We go through building, go through sufferings and perseverance, consistency, building, 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 building. Remember, a Rolls Royce has a lot of layers of paint. Your standard Triton just has two layers, and I've scraped a lot of paint off that thing. It, it, it's only got a few layers, but a Rolls Royce has been layered and layered and layered with paint. So it's not easily scratched, but that takes time, it takes preparation, it takes baking, it takes, you know, post-curing. And so therefore it's harder and stronger than it would be before. And so this is what it's like in the world of consistency, doing, the, doing that same thing, you know, going for it and not getting frustrated when you're not seeing the fruit. You keep going, you keep going. You ask people, you sponge off people, am I doing the right thing? Yes, I'm doing the right thing. You keep going. And then you, you, you look and you align yourself with the Word of God. If everything's lining up, keep going. Don't give up because God is a faithful God and He loves our perseverance and He will reward those who diligently seek Him. 
And so we have a promise that we can stand on and say, wow, I'm doing the right thing. I've checked in with people. We're in unity, my wife and I, or whatever it is. And, and, and we actually know where we're going. We've heard the word, word of the Lord, and we're going to keep doing this thing. We're going to build consistency and resilience so that actually suffering will go through perseverance and build so much character to release hope. And so it's a, it's a great thing, consistency. I actually love it. The last one, the habit of powerful Christian is the most important one, Jesus' focus. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. But Jesus is the way to everything. Jesus is the way to everything. And so when we actually look at people's lives and we, we sponge off them, we want to know they know Jesus. Do they walk with Jesus? Do I walk with Jesus? Do I have a relationship with Him? Because there's no point in any of the others unless we have a personal walk with Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you've been questioning or you're not even quite sure if you've aligned your life with Jesus, today's a perfect day to do that. You can align your life with Jesus. You might have made a commitment 10 years ago. It doesn't matter. You know, wherever you feel you're at, I would love to give you an opportunity today to align your life with Jesus. Whoever you might be, it doesn't matter. But I want everyone just to stand right now and great, great. Yeah, just lift your hands if you just want to receive. I'm just going to pray for a minute or two. I just, you know, Holy Spirit's here. He just wants to refresh some people. Even fresh hope, there's just fresh hope going to land on some people. Not randomly, specifically, because you're after it. You're after it. You're after him. And so, Lord, we just pray that fresh hope, fresh hope to believe for the destiny, to believe for the breakthrough, to believe for good things to come about. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, some people are suffering fear, and it's a thought fear of, 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 of things that won't happen or, you know, there's just, there's just a, a failure um, and, a, and a fear of even what if I do that and get it wrong or it doesn't work out or, you know, things don't. And, and I just want to pray for you this morning if that's you. Lord, I just pray for those people that you would lift all fear off them in Jesus' name. All fear goes right now. And Lord, let your faith and your life and your hope return to them with a greater measure, a greater measure this morning. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. And we ask for you to release your fire in this house this morning. Release your fire in this place this morning that each of us would bear witness to your goodness, that we would be a testimony to the kingdom of God. In our workplace, at study, with family, with other people, Lord, we pray for fresh fire upon each one of us, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, we pray more, Lord. We pray more this morning. We pray more this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.